Our second play of the Diversity Fellowship was Fa'ala Velave by Kiki Rivera, who is a, a queer playwright of Samoan Filipino descent. Uh, this story centers on two women, Mele and Safina, who are in love. They're engaged to be married. Uh, but Mele's father has recently died. And this is a man she's had no relationship with. Uh, so Mele is meeting her two aunties on the Big Island, her father's sisters, uh, to attend the funeral, which relates to the play's title. In Samoan, uh, Fa'ala Velave means interruption, and that can refer to a big life event, uh, like a funeral or a wedding. But it seems like there are several interruptions at work here simultaneously, not just the funeral, but also Mele coming out to her aunties for the first time. And there's also maybe the interruption of Mele and Safina's happiness as they enter this incredibly messy space of an estranged family, an absent father, uh, a family who is also religious and, as Mele fears, possibly homophobic. Uh, so Michelle from Kaimuki here describes Mele's aunties that she's uh, meeting here and uh, is thinking about coming out to. And uh, you can imagine how they might respond to Mele and to each other based on their attitudes toward homosexuality. The two aunties had different viewpoints on the main characters coming out. One was very against it because of religious reasons and maybe personal reasons that she might have known about. Another was for it. She didn't really care because she had a girlfriend before. So here's the big plot twist, the big surprise, the big spoiler alert, which comes after many awkward moments and heart-to-heart conversations between Mele, Safina, and the aunties whose names are Pina and Samadia. The big plot twist is that it turns out that Mele's father is also Safina's. Just as they're about to get married, they find out that they're biological half-sisters. Talk about interruptions. It seems like the father, whose name is Malosi, had lots of sexual encounters back in Samoa. And in a small place like that, you get some unexpected family ties. Uh, The students seem to have pretty complex feelings about that twist and about the play in general. Uh, It seemed like they overall appreciated the explorations of identity, uh, but also felt uncomfortable with some of the themes. And in our conversations, they said that they sometimes noticed themselves less able to relate uh, to some of the characters. Hi, my name is Tamara, and I am talking about Fa'a Lave Lave, the play. Um, Initially, I felt pretty uncomfortable after watching the play, and I think that was part of the purpose of it. Uh, There was an incestual plot twist, which I think most people would be uncomfortable about. Uh, The two engaged women found out that they were sisters. Um, And... That made me kind of question whether it's okay for them to continue uh, their engagement, which they decided to do. And I decided that uh, since they can't procreate, uh, there's no biological basis as to why that's a problem. So, um, yeah, but that was kind of a weird thing to think about. Other than that, the play was very interesting and uh, thought-provoking. Yeah, I feel like there were just little things that, in the end, it didn't read as cohesively, or I don't know if it was like the acting or the content or the some of the context of events in the play. 
and it just didn't I didn't relate to it as much maybe yeah and also the part where um, the plot twist where they were sisters I just feel like uh, that's like a really like surprising thing but for me it was just kind of like why (laughs) or maybe we weren't like the target audience for this kind of play yeah um like um like someone in there i forgot who but she was saying she was saying how um she was wondering if they were trying to normalize that and to me i just feel like yeah are they trying to normalize that because Mm taboo thing oh oh yeah I, I remember like the playwright was mentioning something about how she was trying to write about in Samoa you're all related and what would happen if that kind of situation happened yeah. like not based on real events or anything but yeah it's like a really nice love story where like love can uh, just what is that phrase Try conquer anything or, yeah yeah Love will prevail. Yeah, but like, yeah, just the. I guess we really aren't the target. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and what was I gonna say? I mean, this play is like very interesting, though. Nevertheless, because it did bring out a lot of like social issues, such as sexual harassment, suicide and lgbt as well it kind of felt like they put lgbt in there just to be unique like it was like throughout the whole play it wasn't just thrown in there but like i didn't feel like it connected with every single thing and like with how the actors acted you know it wasn't like intertwined it was more like side by side feel like they should have just like focused on like one thing like maybe like just Samoan culture like just like LGBTQ I like, like the they tried to make it unique because mm-hmm. when I first heard of it I was actually very excited to see what it would be about mm-hmm. I think they just needed to execute it better mm-hmm. as you hear Michelle say there at the end the play tries to hold the influence of all these different identities And it's confusing to follow. It's confusing to pinpoint what exactly is shaping uh, these characters and their choices in their lives. You know, because you're queer or Samoan or you're you're because from a certain family or you're Christian or whatever, uh, you have to be something different. Imagine what it's like to be tuned into all these identities every day and to live in the very complex spaces that that they create uh, to shift something to be a different kind of person because you are in a different situation you're talking to someone else and so a different part of your identity comes to the forefront Uh, I had a chance to listen to an interview with the playwright Kiki Rivera and as I heard her talk about her life as a queer Samoan woman uh, about the way she has to navigate these spaces uh, where you may or may not be loved for simply being who you are it made perfect sense Um, that the students felt some discomfort. In some sense, that that maybe is one of the points of the play, to experience the discomfort that comes from having to negotiate 
you know, these multiple identities. Uh, the play explores taboos, those rules in societies we're not supposed to break under any circumstances, like the rules about who we're supposed to and not supposed to sleep with. Uh, so here's Kiki Rivera talking about her own navigation of the complex spaces of her identity and how she writes so beautifully and richly uh, from that space. And you'll hear her start off with an anecdote about growing up in Waianae, a community that is in some ways on the margins of life here in Hawaii, uh, a rural um, community um, somewhat isolated, uh, where there is um, economic tribulation, where there are difficulties. And growing up there helped her learn something about, about being different. Uh, so this interview comes from the University of Hawaii at Manoa radio station. And we're grateful for the chance to share some of this. I was raised by a single mother and my mm. grandparents. Um, I didn't have my father who's someone, and so I grew up knowing that I was someone, but also my mom telling me, don't ever marry a someone or date one because you never know if you're related to them. Oh, wow. Um, I also grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, so even more isolating. Wow. All of these isolated spaces. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> On that side, we were always like, oh, it's such an accomplishment to get out of white and I, but I feel like, okay, but there are so many boxes within the box. Mm, going so, back to the boxes. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so I feel like those are my foundations that that is really what has shaped me. Denial comes in the form of avoidance. Okay. Avoiding conversations and vo oh, yeah, avoiding those awkward conversations. Yeah. And then there's the aunties talking about about who they are because when they first get in, they don't the aunties doesn't know they don't know that these girls are are dating. Okay. And they're actually engaged. And oh. so when they find out, it's like, whoa, I don't I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. Yeah, like how do we how do we show our family members our unconditional love at the same time set our boundaries and, you know, puts people in that funny space. But I do, I do find myself in the process of writing, thinking, okay, so how do I say this without saying this? And then how does it look like in conversation? Because people say so much about themselves in their own dialogue. So how does that sound? And well, how does that look like in in on print on paper? Uh, and then just focusing on that, that 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 dialogue that tells so much about people. And I think that comes from hearing and listening to a lot of different conversations that are happening around us. Yeah, that's mm. part of the the whole assignment day. That, that first assignment that we get in theater is to sit and listen. <laughs> so do you identify with one specific character when you write? No, I identify with all of them. Do you? They're all me. Right? Okay, okay. They all come from this yes. body and this yeah. mind, this spirit. Due to go home and start having those conversations yes. about identity, about gender, about culture. I want... All of I think it raises a lot of questions, if anything. And to me, 
that's what I want my place to be. I want my plays not just to be for entertainment's sake. I want them to be a lesson in itself. I think uh, I, I feel like I'm winning if there are conversations being had in the classroom and at home. Kumakuo Artistic Director Harry Wong gave us some insights into the process of casting Fa'alabelabe and made some interesting points about what actors are often asked to do, and that is to cross boundaries within themselves, to find some aspect of a character who may be very different from themselves within, uh, to realize that though you might be very different from somebody who is queer when you're not queer, uh, that there are universal truths that you get in touch with, and that you can also learn to respect and appreciate somebody else's experience as you try to inhabit that uh, in a in a performance, uh, how you might gain a new sense of respecting a different culture in the way that you try to pronounce words that you're not familiar with, speak in accents that are not your own, um, learn Samoan when you're not Samoan, and say say things in the right way way out of a sense of uh, honoring a different culture, maybe. And uh, there were a number of Samoan actors uh, that came to audition, but in the end couldn't do the show because of conflicts. And uh, so you got to hear you got to hear some of the lines spoken by native speakers, and uh, the difference between people who could and people who couldn't was gigantic. Yeah, I mean, it was a difference between listening to I don't know. A bird singing a song, and a fish singing a song. I don't know. It was, they were both nice, but completely different. Uh, and I think that 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 kind of set the tone for rehearsals was to keep on looking for a way to give cultural accuracy to the play, as well as um, theatrical meaning. And the two leads who are playing um, the gay couple, uh, they're heterosexual. So then, so it's like any play, it's trying to find the truth in all of those relationships that uh, these people don't know. But then, you know, the person who plays Hamlet isn't a prince of Denmark. So we hear once more from the students who said that the play helped them learn about how people live at the boundaries between their identities, these places that were sometimes compelled to keep secret, uh, that can feel like the shadows of our culture. Uh, it's so valuable to walk into these spaces and to shed some light on them. Being just aware that those people exist, you know, it's not just one thing, a community like that exists and how you can maybe react to such if someone comes out or they're in that culture and they come out as well. My name is Raquel. I really enjoyed watching the interruption. I think I was definitely able to relate to it on a very personal level, also being gay myself and the struggle that she had with her auntie accepting her marriage. I see a lot of that in my own mother who, although I'm with a girl right now, thinks that in the end I'm going to marry a man, which I'm not. Um, 
Another thing,、uh, my favorite scene was definitely when the four women were sitting around drinking and discussing the trauma that they've had to endure in the past.、Um, I personally、uh, went through the same struggles that they did, and I think seeing that portrayed so tenderly and lovingly with such a wonderful support group that they had for each other was something that I would definitely want. To talk about it publicly,、um, and in in such light, but it's been talked about for you know forever. Yeah.、Um, and I think to break out of is I think we're in a time of action where we can not just talk about these things, but actually、um, put movement to it. And I want for Allah Allah the interruption. To be part of putting it into practice.